is from the Gospel according to St. John, from the 14th chapter. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I've said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. From now until the middle of June, people all over the United States will hear graduation speeches that are meant to inspire and to encourage, uh, to in fact even uh, in many ways shape people as they move forward into new stages of life. You've maybe heard many of them yourself. The one that came to mind for me this past week was a graduation speech I heard many years ago at PLU by a Norwegian explorer named Thor Heyerdahl. Among other things, Heyerdahl is the one that built the Kontiki raft out of reeds and then sailed it across the Pacific Ocean. And as he spoke, I could hear every one of my Norwegian ancestors summing up our Scandinavian work ethic in two words, do something. He said it over and over again in his speech, do something. When you go out into the world, don't just focus on what is wrong with the world. Do something to make it right. When you go out into the world, don't let your life slip by in some kind of meaningless existence. Do something. Maybe that should be our two-word theme for this Pentecost Sunday when we call attention to our vocation as baptized children of God into Christ. Perhaps we should say, all of you who are baptized into Christ, do something. And all of you who belong to a congregation in mission, do something. It may be a good start, but 
if we say that, then we should also have some very big questions that come along with it from the very beginning. Because if we mean that every one of us should sit down right now and make our to-do list even longer than it already is, then I'm out. The problem for many people is that we already have too much to do. That seems to be a disease that infects our whole culture. At all ages, even children and youth are stressed by the number of things they are expected to do and to accomplish every day, as well as people into their 80s and 90s. So who wants to come to a sanctuary, a place called a safe place, and hear once again that you just need to get out there and do more? I certainly don't want that. And that's why I'm grateful, frankly, for the liberating nature of these Bible readings that we've heard on this Pentecost Sunday. If we listen carefully to the message in each one of them, we'll hear that they are not about getting busier than we already are in our life of faith or in our daily life. Instead, what these readings are about today are the possibility of being released from that kind of slavery, being released and reoriented, renewed even in the power of God's Spirit. The problem with the disciples before the day of Pentecost is not that they just weren't busy enough, that they didn't have enough to do. Rather, it was that their busyness was overly anxious. It was sadly misdirected. Most recently, they'd been busy locking doors, trying to figure out how to avoid people. They were busy fishing day in and day out, trying to be as productive as they possibly could to the point where they didn't even know who Jesus was when he was standing among them. But then the winds of God's Spirit swept them up and their whole orientation was changed. The day of Pentecost was not a day off for them. It was a day full of activity. But it was activity that was inspired and driven by the Spirit of God. It wasn't just busyness. It wasn't just more to do. It was redirected and meaningful engagement in God's mission. And it was focused on the needs of everybody that was there in Jerusalem on that holy day. That's the miracle that I see in that first reading from Acts. And that's also the miracle that I witness whenever God's Spirit blows through our lives in this way today, freeing, freeing us from the endless tyranny of trying to do everything and redirecting us to use our gifts in life-giving ways. And in the end, that isn't just what the world needs. That's what you and I need deep down inside. Each day we need to do something that actually celebrates God's creative spirit within us that's a part of God's work in the world and God's love for all creation. Each day we do need to be engaged in things that set us free from the need to prove ourselves to God or to anyone by what we do and bind us more fully to the calling that we have in Jesus Christ. I think we all need God's Spirit to release us from trying to do everything and just to give us the joy of doing something each day 
that really reflects God's purpose, God's spirit within us, God's dream for the world around us. During my years here at St. Mark's, we've talked about this a lot. We've had many fruitful discussions about this. We've talked openly about the stress and the burden that so many of us carry when it comes to the number of activities and commitments that we make in our lives. And we've also made a mutual covenant here at St. Mark's to help each other learn how to let go of things in many cases and how to let God redirect us, how to listen for God's call, how to let God reorient us toward avenues of service that actually do something that we say in our covenants of presence, avenues of service that leave us feeling refreshed and surprised and less burdened than when we took them on. And to be honest, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't experiencing that on a very regular basis. Just one example from early in the week, from Monday, uh, after a very full day, I had two more e meetings in the evening with the Worship and Music Committee and the um, Executive Committee of our church council. And as I shared with my colleagues at staff meeting the next day, I was surprised that I went home that night feeling more energized than when I went into those two meetings. And the only way I can describe that is to say that this Holy Spirit of God was active in our midst and that somehow we realized that we were caught up in something that was bigger than all of us put together. When I look at that Learn, Serve, Grow booklet that we uh, redo every year that we've been passing out over these last weeks of Easter, I do actually think that there's the same potential to be refreshed and to be surprised and to be less burdened by all of those things, big and small, that are listed in that book, all of those opportunities that are here to learn and to serve and to grow. As I often say in our faith journey groups, St. Mark's is not a work camp where you come to just add more things to do in your life and to leave here more burdened than you already are. It's a place where we come to hear God's call, to help each other listen and discern what God might be directing us to in our lives, to let the Holy Spirit come and work within us so that our activity might be oriented in renewing and empowering ways. And this too is the place where Jesus meets us with words of grace, grace that we need to hear, like the ones that were a part of that gospel reading today. If you remember, Jesus is telling all of his disciples to do something. It's just part of what it means to be a follower. It means to be a part of God's mission in the world is to be active. But Jesus doesn't give that, do that without a promise. He even links it to believing, if you remember. He says, as we remember on the cover of our bulletin today, if you believe in me, you will do the works that I do. But the promise that comes along with it makes all the difference. Jesus says in all of this, it's not just up to you. You're not on your own. The Holy Spirit is with you. I will give you not only this advocate, but also Jesus says, 
Whatever you ask, I will do with you and for you. He almost catches us by surprise there, I think, a bit, because our ears might be expecting the familiar words about asking and receiving something that we get out of this. But Jesus doesn't say, if you ask in my name for anything, I will give it. Jesus says, if in my name you ask for anything, I will do it. This is about God's work being done in and through us. In other words, when it comes to that and our, our vocation in the world, we're never asked to do something that's solely dependent on our strength or our will, whatever that might be. Because ultimately, if it's from God, it's God who works in and through us. And as you know, I'm sure very, very well, it's often God working in spite of us. But getting God's work done because people have been open to the power of God's spirit. As the late Archbishop Oscar Romero of El Salvador said in a prayer attributed to him, we are ministers, not messiahs. And in some really beautiful words that he says before that in his prayer, he lays out a description of what it means to be a baptized disciple of Christ today. He says, we plant seeds that will one day grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise beyond us. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide yeast that produces far beyond our capabilities. And then he says this, we cannot do everything. And there's a sense of liberation in realizing that because this enables us to do something and to do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity for the Lord's grace to enter and to do the rest. Thanks be to God. Amen.